following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. I like that. It's been a long time coming, but it's game week here in Frisco, Texas, as Dallas Cowboys football is just about six days away this Sunday night. And guys, we've got ourselves an updated intro. How about that? About time. We hear Isaiah stand back and heck my Harrison in the intro. Rob Phillips along with us. I'm Kyle Yeomans. We are, it's week one, episode one of the 2020 season as we get you ready every single weekday this week leading up to the Dallas Cowboys and the Los Angeles Rams. It's, it's here, heck, but I can hear the excitement through the, the, the live view. Unfortunately, we are still virtual at the moment we will be for quite some time but we're going to still going to bring you all the content all the information that you can potentially need from a cowboys podcast and we're excited to do so but heckma you're itching i feel it bring it on where's the excitement let's let's pump up the fans a little bit here Man, it's, it's starting to feel real, Kyle. It's starting to feel, I mean, with all of the sports that we have going on and also this being the week of kickoff Thursday, it starts and I'm just, I'm just right there on the edge of like exploding right now because <laughs> I, I, want, I want to see it. I want to see it so bad. It felt like we would never get to this point. It really did. It, it, with everything that was going on with the pandemic and it, it's like two weeks ago, we got kickoff in two weeks. It just kind of snuck up on us, and I can't believe it, man. Oh, as a former player, you, you have that lead up, and, and you, you start kind of feeling like it's Christmas. <clears throat> if you're on the roster at this point, you're starting to feel it. You, every day that it inches closer and closer, is it more excitement or more nervousness heading into week one? Man, I got, you know what? In, tip, in a typical year, it's just, you know, you're just getting excited for that first real game, right? You've gotten through camp. You've gotten through the preseason. Now, all of a sudden, you know that you have a job officially. But this year, I can only imagine how anxious these guys are. These guys are more anxious than Genuine used to be. Uh, I, know these guys are, <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know these guys are ready to run out there and hit somebody in their mouth. I can only, I can only, uh, only anticipate what, what they're thinking right now going into that first kickoff. <laughs> And, Rob, it's the same thing from a, a, an insider's perspective, just being around the star. It's starting to feel a little bit normal. I know you but at least over the last couple days and now leading into the week, it's starting to feel like a football week again. Yeah, we've gotten used to the new environment up there for sure. And I, I, I just go back to what Isaiah said about the players and, and what they've got to be feeling. Like, it's ready to hit somebody, you know? Just, just get hit. Blow somebody up. I think Dalton Schultz said it to us last week. He's just like, what's that, you know, they've been talking about that. What's that first hit going to feel like after literally not hitting anybody except these kind of stage drills that they've had? They haven't hit anybody in like nine months, ten months. So that's got to be fun, right? I think, I think just getting back to that more than anything is going to be great. And, you know, and we're in a situation where we don't really know much about the Rams, Rams don't know much about the Cowboys. It's just everybody's flying blind. That's what makes it so fascinating, I think, for, for Sunday night. 
Yeah, I feel like it's really one of the more unpredictable years, not only in football, but really all across sports because of the pandemic, because of the, the different situations that we're in. It's one of the most unpredictable years in sports history, if not the most unpredictable year. And it's hard to see. I mean, we're going to talk a little bit of predictions later on. We've got an article from Peter King that we're going to hit up uh, toward the later parts of the show. That's a prediction. But it's still, it's still kind of way up in the air. The expectations surely are high for Mike McCarthy in year one, but it's still going to be tough overall. And it's been a busy week for Mike McCarthy and that staff. The 53-man the roster deadline was on Saturday. Cuts, signings, you, you prepare that 16-man practice squad roster. You go out, you actually claim a wide receiver off of waivers and Malik Turner. You bring in a former Cowboy in Brandon Carr and we'll talk about each of those coming up here in just a little bit. But Rob, first off, whenever it goes to this past weekend, one of the busier weeks for an NFL front office out of the entire calendar year, what were some of the moves that stuck out to you as they got to that 53-man roster? Well, they had to do some tinkering in terms of letting a few veterans go and then bringing it back like literally within hours you know that's just part of the business now when you've got players that need to go on ir uh sean lee ventel bryant and of course lyle collins starting right tackle they have to be on the roster for a day before they can go to ir and, and you saw the cowboys do this a couple years ago with kellen moore they cut kellen moore knowing they could re-sign him a day later to get the great rico gathers to the practice uh, to to ir for the season the great and Rico so that's what they did with the great Rico, Rico. gathers. I <laughs> the love great Rico. Rico gathers. I love Rico. <laughs> so Justin March, who am I missing? Joe Thomas and CJ Goodwin were brought back a day later. Um, as far as actual cuts, I think the haha Clinton Dix cuts surprised me. I know, I know Isaiah felt like, you know, that was a possibility. He's, he's Nostradamus. He picked that one. Yeah, you got it. You got it. <laughs> but I was, I, I thought he might've bought himself a week or two with Xavier Woods status, but it sounds like according to Jerry on the fan this morning, he's ready to go. If there's, if there's a cut that surprised me, it might've been Francis Bernard, but uh, the rookie linebacker, but he find his, found his way back to the practice squad. And, you know, maybe we overvalued what he did in practice. I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure, but but I think with no tape on anybody around the league, they felt like it was a, a worthy risk to, to put him through waivers and get him to the practice squad. It, it definitely was a risk, but it, it stood out to me, Heckman. I don't know if you, you felt the same way. I mean, it, it's always tough to, to evaluate these undrafted free agents, especially in a year like this where we already said it's going to be tough for an undrafted free agent to make the roster. But uh, Francis Bernard not being on that 53-man surprise me. Not to say that it's still out of the question, but it was still something that stuck out to me, Hetma. Yeah, I mean, with a limited offseason, uh, not being able to have a preseason at all, it, you didn't really get the opportunity to give guys a look. I believe that Francis Bernard, based off of Rob, Rob's reports and me cheating off of your notes, Kyle, from practice, <laughs> that Francis Bernard had a hell of a two had a hell of a two days. You know, every other every other day you're reporting that he's getting an interception in practice, but at the same time he's an undrafted free agent for a reason. He's a guy that does go down to your practice squad and does have an, uh, an opportunity to make an impact on your 53 on your roster uh, on game days. The way that COVID-19 has adjusted some of the rules is really interesting. And I think the way that the Cowboys are going about it is, is pretty genius. So a guy like Francis Bernard will have an opportunity to get some reps in, in, in game to in real game action. 
Yeah, at the linebacker spot, certainly it'll be something to, to watch out for, especially with Luke Gifford kind of being tinkering on the, the side of being hurt and being available. But uh, what did it kind of shift into one of the additions? And we'll, uh, we'll talk plenty about really this 53-man roster coming up later on in the show. But one of the additions that stuck out is a former Cowboy coming back but in a different role, and that's Brandon Carr, formerly with the Cowboys in the role of a corner. He comes in now as a safety, or at least that's what we think he's going to play. He could play a little bit of both, and we know what Mike McCarthy has said previously about the secondary, saying that it is interchangeable. It is something that is a bit fluid. But Isaiah, what do you think about Brandon Carr? I mean, this is a guy that's been vaulted as a, a, a solid locker room guy, but what does he bring from a football standpoint? From a football standpoint, he, I mean, he has experience, right? He's a vet. I mean, he's been around the league. He started for a very long time. I think he came off, what, 12 starts last year or something like that. So, I mean, this guy knows what he's doing. Um, he's been here in Dallas before. He's familiar. Um, you know, it, uh, but, but more than anything, I think you've already, you already mentioned it. You know, he brings that locker room vibe, right? He brings that mentor in the locker room. He, there's a lot of young guys, obviously, in that secondary. There's a lot of uncertainty in that secondary. I think he brings really just that uh, consistency, um, that stability in, the, in that regard. And somehow, some way, like you mentioned, with this COVID stuff, they got this dude on their practice squad i don't understand how he it's didn't get crazy. picked up by how he didn't get picked up by somebody <laughs> yep. you, that that just lets you know how 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 impactful not having a preseason has been the fact that this guy is falling on somebody's practice squad is just ridiculous but the cowboys are not complaining when, when brandon carr signed a 50 million dollar contract in dallas eight years ago i never would have guessed that he would have landed on the practice squad in 2020 at the age of 30 <laughs> at the age of 34 i mean that's sure. just yeah. That's just wild with the, with the new rules. Hey, Kyle, we could have made some major clicks on the website <laughs> over the weekend when we if we said Cowboys signed former Ravens veteran DB to the practice squad. <laughs> what kind of clicks would that have gotten? Yeah, exactly. Uh, somebody who's formerly from Texas or I guess has lived in Texas previously, he lives, yeah. played <laughs> right yeah. with the Baltimore. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, we, caught, we, we should have done that as a headliner. I mean, I don't know why we didn't. We'll have to talk to Nick and William about that one. But You guys got to uh, have foresight. You got to have foresight for all of that, guys. <laughs> that, you know, but, but the thing, that was a talking, Brandon Carr. Brandon Carr is, is amazing. When, and what I love the most about Brandon Carr, not only from a veteran perspective, but what he has meant to the Dallas community. Not enough is said, you know, we're always talking about these guys' athletic ability, and that's what we're here for. Yeah. But Brandon Carr is just a solid guy. Yeah. Uh, as far as personality-wise, who he is and what he does. Kayvon Frazier, a guy that we lost to Miami, was really big uh, here in Dallas in the community. And Brandon Carr, a former man of the year, I believe he was up for the Walter Payton uh, Award uh, at, at, a, at a point in his uh, career. It's just an amazing person. I think as far as the mentorship and the experience, that's going to give – the Dallas Cowboys, a solid backup. If anything happens with Thompson and we need a guy, Johnny on the fly, it's going to be uh, Brandon Carr. And I think that's really what he was brought in for is, is there are a lot of young guys back there. I mean, you throw Thompson and Xavier Woods into that category of safeties who are a little bit on the younger side of their career and could use some veteran help. We thought maybe HaHa Clinton Dix was going to be that. He ultimately didn't turn out to be the guy <laughs> this coaching staff wanted. But now you bring in a guy like Brandon Carr who could provide that and provide some flexibility in a secondary that's already pretty thin. But, Rob, kind of explain this to me like I'm five. I'm not a math guy. I'm not a, a, a contract guy. <laughs> but what does this do for the cap? Because from what I was looking at and from what I had heard, it seemed like Brandon Carr is not counting against the cap. Is that correct? 
Well, when you're on the practice squad, it's a different salary setup. It's, it's a weekly salary, and it's slotted. And I believe with these new rules, as a veteran on the practice squad, he, he's set to make a little bit more per week than mm -hmm. the other guys or the younger guys on the team. So I, I don't know the exact figure on that, but it's different, obviously, than if you get promoted to the active roster. And Isaiah knows this. The salary goes way up. I mean, the minimum salary for a vet on the active roster is, is way different. But he's set to make more, I believe. I'm going to look this up in the break. Than, uh, because of his veteran status. And you get to keep, every team gets to keep six out of 16 guys on the practice squad this year. doesn't matter what their level of accrued seasons are throughout the league. So uh, it's, just, it's just wild. Um, and, and, you know, he may very well find his way to the, to the active roster sooner than we think. It may not be this week, but it could be pretty soon. Hey, Rob, let me ask you a question about that, man, it, because I was a little confused about the new rules for practice squad. A guy can be moved up, up and down, back and forth to the practice squad. It's unlimited, uh, whereas in before there was uh, you had limitations on the amount of times a guy could actually actually go from practice squad to active roster. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember if there were limitations then. I, I know you're okay. right. There, there are no limitations this time, but there are a maximum of two times that you can promote a player up uh, and okay. then b before they would be subject to the waiver process. So, you know, a couple different times, and you, you can do that and then put them right back on the practice squad the following week. But after the second time, uh, you got to put the player through waivers. So... Uh, it, it's interesting. It's, you know, it, it's basically creating contingencies for teams in the wake of this COVID-19 crisis. You know, it's, it's basically a 55-man roster on game, uh, on at the end of the week and a 48-man game day roster. So it, it, in a way, it's like expanding the roster this year. It's, you know what, it, it's a lot deeper than that when you factor in those 16 guys who are eligible to play. Yeah. That, that week, right? I mean, you literally have a – I'm not going to do my math right now, but you – close to, what, 70 guys almost, right, every week that you have to pull from. You got almost 70 guys that you can pull from every week if you have that flexibility to move guys up and down. So when it comes down to teams and matchups, you know, you, you really don't run into those, those issues like you've had in the past where, man, guess what, we really don't match up well against these guys in this certain position. Now I can go down to my practice squad. Oh, that's right, we have these guys here. Let's pull them up, right? And now all of a sudden you have the matchup that you need. So this is, this is a crazy year. You're going to see a lot of movement going on um, throughout this whole season, I would imagine. And it's well, also and really a benefit for the Cowboys in particular because they loved their rookie class so much. Not just the seven draft picks, but a lot of their priority free agents, they didn't want to lose them. So yeah, there, there's, there's, there's more spots for them now. And, and it just reminded me, heck, I think in the past, if you promoted a guy up, I think you had to keep him on the active roster for three weeks at least. Three it, weeks, okay. Three or four weeks, Chris. So, yeah. So now there's not a limit on that. It was four. Four, Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of shuffling, like Isaiah said. Well, I think some of that shuffle will come with Brandon Carr, and, and, and he, I, I don't expect him to stay on the practice squad for long. I think that was some of the, the finagling and some of the shit, and at least uh, the look that the, the front office has given. But, Isaiah, I wanted to ask you this question. Is it possible, and I, one of, the, one of the, the commenters here on the, the Periscope stream, yes, I am watching the comments today, so if you have questions, <laughs> shoot them our way. But here's the thing. Earl Thomas, I'm going that direction. <laughs> this is a guy who was a teammate oh of Earl Thomas previously. Is there a chance that this addition, other than potentially giving him some flexibility in the secondary, is there a chance that 
Brandon Carr's addition is maybe to get some insight on the Earl Thomas situation if that potentially <laughs> comes up next week or so? Uh, no. What I'm going to tell you is going to happen. Like I, like okay. I mentioned last week. I just wanted week. to make sure. <laughs> no, it's cool. I'm glad, I'm glad you asked the question. You know, you know, there's, there's, there's no bad questions out here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but as I mentioned, what, a week ago, two weeks ago, whatever it was, uh, we will see Earl on the roster on Monday. That's just coming from me. That's just my inkling. Okay. All right. That's my little crystal ball. Um, as I mentioned, you know, waiting for that, that, that first week to go by, but we'll see Earl on Monday and, you know, having, having, you know, B car out there is just, just an additional depth, right? If you're going into a week with a, with a veteran, you know, veteran receiver core and you need somebody out there that that's a lot more weathered than some of the younger cornerbacks that you have, you have the, the flexibility to bring Carr up, but you know, it'll be Xavier Woods and, and Earl Thomas going into week two. There you go. Wow. Wow. So, he had wow, the what a prediction. ball last week. He had the crystal ball last week. So he's he's trying to ride the hot hand, and I, I admire Isaiah. 777 so. straight sevens. <laughs> <laughs> hot hand in a dice game. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Man, I, love I don't it. I don't know. I'm I'm at this point now where I gotta I gotta see it. I gotta see it. And maybe Ooh. we do see it next week, but I just Rob, I'm every, asking you every, this question. I'm asking you this question, Rob, before you continue. Yep. Would an all-pro, current all-pro safety be just sitting in free agency while rosters are getting set if it wasn't the case that he's going to be signing somewhere week two? Well, I agree with you that it just, it's just so odd, right? But if, I, if he didn't have the issues coming out of Baltimore that we all heard about, then it really wouldn't make any sense. So maybe yeah. it's just that. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, to cool. me, I, I don't have a great vibe on it, but... Jerry doesn't rule it out. They, they, they continue uh, not to, to rule it out. When he got asked about Earl today, I believe this morning on the fan, he just he kind of deflected to Carr and talked about what yeah. Brandon Carr could do for him. So, Hey, hey, hey Rob, we, we're, this is the Dallas Cowboys, correct? <laughs> yeah, every day. Correct. And, 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 this, and the, 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 the man who runs the show is still Mr. Jerry Jones, correct? Correct. He, he signed people with a lot worse backgrounds aside from, oh, you know, he was bad in the locker room for one year. Earl has had no legal issues aside from this one altercation oh, yeah. with his wife. He's yep. had no drug problems, no PEDs, no nothing, no arrests, none of that stuff. And all of a sudden, Guys. we don't think that he's going to be here because of a locker room issue? Look, guys, this 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 conversation is starting to be a Debbie Downer for me because <laughs> oh. it is it is because we have our hopes so elevated that Earl Thomas is going to come in. And you know that Jerry Jones, he has the guys that are going to do their due diligence on you. They're going to go through your trash. They're going to find out who you are. So Jerry knows who Earl is. Everybody does. So whatever the. Whatever he did, whatever it was, whatever they're reporting, and I've heard so many things about mm. what people think is up with Earl Thomas. At this point, he's a potential Pro Bowl, not, not he's perennial Pro Bowl, potential Hall of Fame guy, yeah. and we're just sitting back and, look, we're going into the se season with Xavier Woods, Darius Thompson. I believe that both of those guys have shown us in camp that they – are more than willing and able to mm -hmm. be safeties in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Our defensive line, like Isaiah says, is Yo. McNasty, McNasty, right? Yeah. So the McNasty boys, the McNasty hot boys up front, <laughs> are obviously going to be applying enough pressure for mm -hmm. the safety position to not be as 
blaring as it was before as far mm -hmm. as the deficiency. So, look, I want Earl Thomas, too, but I want to trust the scouting department. I want to trust our coaches. Oh, yeah. they, they have gone through everything to make sure that we are ready uh, because people's lives, I mean, everything is on the line right now come Sunday yeah. night. So whatever we got, man, I'm with it. I'm with, that's what we, let's go with it, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love the passion. I love the really the confidence that you have in the front office because they are doing their due diligence. Even if yeah. they're saying they're not interested, you know they're a little bit interested. They need some safety help. You know that's uh, really what they're being said or what is being said. But you can kind of look behind closed doors and, and think that's the case. I don't know anything more than you guys do in that <laughs> regard. I'm just saying that's just common sense, at least at this point, or at least it should be. But I think really with Earl Thomas, it's, it, there's a lot to come. And I, I agree with Isaiah. I think when week two comes around, I think he will be signed. It's just whether or not he's going to be a Dallas Cowboy. That's the biggest question. But when we come back, we're just getting started. We've got a new segment on the way. It's fans on the 50 grand uh, going and picking up questions off of the Periscope feed, off of our Twitter Ooh. account. So send us your questions. We've got a couple lined up. We're going to answer those coming up next. And the first one, are the Cowboys already at a disadvantage heading into Sunday? We'll ask why when we come back on Talking Cowboys. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back to Talking Cowboys. It's week one, episode one of Talking Cowboys in the 2020 season. Officially game week around the star in Frisco. And if you're looking for something to change up your dinner routine, help out supporting local Frisco businesses by choosing one of the star district restaurants. For more information on delivery, takeout, curbside pickup 
and dine-in availability, visit thestardistrict.com. Glad you're with us. Kyle Yeomans, Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and our resident Super Bowl champion, Mr. Isaiah Stanback. And guys, we're starting a new segment this week, Friday, yes. or Fans on the 50, every Tuesday at 9.50, we'll be answering your questions on Twitter and on Periscope. I've got the Periscope feed up. If you haven't sent in a question, go ahead and do that. We'll try and get to it. We've got about 10 minutes to do so. The first one comes from Milton, and I think this is a fantastic question, and, and Isaiah may be the, the best to answer this, but it's oh. it, it, Milton said, on hard knocks, it looked like the Rams and the Chargers were scrimmaging with hard tackling. Cowboys were very light on contact throughout training camp. Will this make a difference whenever it comes to game time? Isaiah, what say you? That's, that's a heck of a question, Mr. Milton. Um, I'm, I'm going to say it doesn't make a huge difference uh, just because even though guys were doing hard tackling, quote-unquote hard tackling, guys were still being um, a little bit uh, hesitant in terms of how hard they're actually going after their own teammates. Uh, so, so even though they are having more contact than the Cowboys have had to date, um, it's still not game speed. And I can tell you, once, the, once that ball's kicked off um, on Sunday night, these boys are going to be flying around <laughs> game speed, and they're going to be hitting harder than they've hit in the last nine months or eight months, however long it's been since some of these guys have played. Yeah, just to piggyback on what you said, Isaiah, that's absolutely correct, man. The game speed is going to change. I mean, it's going to be an hour of that. So whatever 10-minute you know, tackling drill they had going on, and nothing is going to replicate what they're going to get on Sunday night. Yeah, Mike Nolan, <laughs> defensive coordinator, talked about how you know, they've staged some things. They've done the tackling drills onto a mat, basically, in practice with the Cowboys. It's not the same thing, but he pointed out, you know, look, these guys are professionals, and once yep. they get back into it, you know, they know it's like riding a bike. They know how to tackle. You know, I, I did see, Kyle, where Michael Brockers, Dave Hellman alerted us to this, that Michael Brockers said the, Cow <laughs> yeah. the, the Rams, the Rams are, are watching YouTube videos of our training camp reports to try to get something from so. I'm flattered, but they're not going to get much from that because we don't, we didn't get a whole lot ourselves. So no. I think both teams are flying. Both teams are flying blind. Oh, those guys are in for such a poor surprise whenever they have to listen to me and Rob talk about training camp, and that's the yeah. game plan. Sorry, it's not good. Rams. Not Appreciate you trying though. Uh, next question, and uh, Rob, I feel like you you would probably have the best answer to this, but. Will C.D. Lamb be fielding punts this season? I know John Fossil was asked the same question, but what do you think? Yeah, John Fossil said tune in last night. He said, <laughs> what do you say? It's better to, to get information than give it, right? They don't want to yep. give anything away. I think, I, I definitely think we'll see it at some point this season. That's just my feeling. I know Stephen Jones was asked about it on 105.3 The Fan, and he said, you know, he doesn't think it's like an injury risk to have one of your top return candidates do it, even though he might have a, a significant role in offense. You know, they kind of kept Dez away from it years ago. Uh, but, I, you know, Steven didn't give the vibe that they're, they're averse to doing it. And I, I want to see it, and I think he'd probably be their best option. I think it would be fantastic. Either him or Tony Pollard back there. You, I mean, I know Cedric Wilson's been thrown into that conversation as well. Heckma, would you like to see C.D. Lamb returning punts, or is that a protected asset that you don't necessarily want to put in, in physical danger at that point? 
Heck yeah, I want to see CD Lamb return <laughs> the punts. All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that's, that's no question. I want to see that young guy, those fresh legs, and I want to see him get into a, a routine and just throw him out there cold. So, and I think getting him in on special teams, punt returns, things like that, we get an opportunity to see this very special specimen just perform and do his thing. And I think we get to see that first in punt return. Thank goodness. I, I hope he, uh, who, he does get a chance at least maybe once to see what happens. He was so versatile during his time at Oklahoma and, and just whenever he gets the ball in his hands. And I think if you get an extra shot to do that, uh, it could prove to, to be something huge. Now, Heckman, I'm going to ask you another question. This one comes from Tour on the, the Periscope chat. He says, can Jarwin or Pollard have a greater impact on Sunday than C.D. Lamb. And I would even combine the two, Jarwin and Pollard. Could they both combined have a bigger impact than C.D. against the Rams Sunday? Well, that's definitely going to be Blake. I mean, Blake is the guy that is got some big shoes to fill. But I, I think in this abbreviated preseason uh, and these unscouted looks, as uh, Coach Mike McCarthy was talking about, I, I believe that it's definitely going to be the tight end position that's going to give the Rams fits because if of Jarwin's ability to fit in that seam and, and you know, give multiple looks uh, in 12 or 11 personnel. But, yes, Blake Jarwin is going to be a guy uh, that's definitely going to have a big week one. That's what I'm anticipating. Isaiah? Yeah, he, he's going to eat. Yeah, he's going to eat. I don't know what his uh, what his post-catch uh, little celebration is going to be. He got to figure out something. But that boy's going to – he'll be eating this week. I mean, just just think about when we go 11 personnel, right? Um, you got three guys that are going to be covered by your two best corners and your third best secondary guy hey, in terms of CD, uh, Gallup, and, and Cooper, right? So those guys are going to be going to be, gonna be covered up, right? So now, now you're putting your fourth best person – on on um on, 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 on BJ, so he's, he's he should he should have some great one on one matchups. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see if he's going to take advantage of them. Rob, I go with Tony Pollard just based on last year. I think mm. he and he and Zeke made history. Uh, two 100 yard backs in the same game, first time in like 20 years the Cowboys did that. So you know the Rams are going to be ready this time for Tony Pollard. I think with Tony, it's going to come down to a lot of times how how's the offense performing overall. If they've got a lead in the second half, we're going to see a lot of Tony Pollard and Zeke. So if it goes that way, uh, number 20 might eat too. So we'll have to see. I love it. I think both of those guys could have a fantastic impact. Maybe not in the same game and, and maybe at different times throughout the season, but I think the fact that you have both of those guys as options and whenever your backup running back is compared to your starting tight end and each of them are exciting, I think is something that you can point, attribute huh? to the expectations for this offense and just how widely talented they are now moving on to another question i'll ask uh, i'll answer this one first here in just a moment with just one word or actually two words but the biggest area of concern for the cowboys leading into the season besides the secondary that comes from Gio molina on twitter and my answer to that is the offensive line because they're banged up heckma what do you say yeah, that's an easy one. Uh, man, it's like lobbing Babe Ruth a pumpkin. Yeah, offensive line is, is <laughs> definitely uh, – it'd be some questions. I mean, Travis Frederick reti retiring, still one of the saddest days in Dallas history. And not knowing what Cam mm -hmm. Irvin, who, from what I've been reading on your notes, Kyle, uh, <laughs> hadn't had the, the best camp up until this point. So I'm really reluctant to just go out on a limb and just say, look, that's – we're feeling pretty good about our O-line. I just think there are a lot of question marks there that we won't have answered until, you know, Monday morning. 
Not so fast, my friend. I disagree with you. Uh, Way to go. I'm going to go ahead and disagree with you because even though we don't have, you know, the offensive line that we would like to have going into week one right now, obviously with Collins being on on IR, um, we can add help to the tackles, right? We have extra tight ends. We have backs that can chip on DNs. So we can help help out Irving. So not worried about that. I am worried about our linebacker depth. Um, right now we have, you know, we have, we are, we are able to get Thomas back, so that's awesome. Um, but I'm worried about these guys, man. If you have one injury, one injury at that position, there's a lot of question marks. People are going to start freaking out, right? Um, so that's the position that I think that we need to be more most concerned about. Uh, yeah, so it's the same thing on offensive line. If you have one yeah. injury, it's the, it's the same thing. So your argument's not an argument, champ. Come on. <laughs> hey, all I'm saying is all I'm saying is we can help the offensive line. You can't help the linebackers. But was, I can't weld. I can't weld my tight end to Cam <laughs> Irvin and still run my offense. Now, hey, I, you think you think they picked up Blake Bell just because? No, they picked up Blake Bell because they needed some extra help. So if they need to go 12 personnel a lot more than they go 11, you have that extra guy that can come oh. in there and be in the wing in the wing position. Oh, so you're just going to tip your hand to say that's what you're doing on that side with Blake Bell. Okay. You, you're all dog right. all right. You're dog all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, they've done that before. They've done that before when Tyron or Lyles missed time. Yeah. I think y'all are both right. I mean, it was wild yesterday to look up at, at one point and see – or a couple days ago, and said the Cowboys had two healthy linebackers on their active roster yep. before they brought back Justin March and Joe Thomas. I'm, I'm going to go with, with Heck, though, and Kyle, and, and say the, the O-line just has a hold. Tyron Smith, they got to have him for 16 games. Don't know how much time Lyle Collins is going to miss. This offense can only be dynamic and function if Dak can, can be have those clean pockets. So we'll see how it, how it goes. Tyron's good to go right now, and, and you hope that he's, he's good to go the whole season. But... Um, but but, but, let's, go, but Rob, let's go not, Rob, let's not kid ourselves to say that, oh, my God, if we're, if we're missing our entire starting offensive line, that we're in trouble. We still have a, a decent offensive line even without the doggone pro bowlers being in there, right? So these guys aren't – It's not. it doesn't go from great to terrible. It goes from great to good, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's why well, I say – but, but, but if you lose a linebacker, eh, oh, my gosh, what happens when guys get through that front line? We've seen that. It's not, it's not good. It's that's not what pretty. happened last year. That's what happened when Leighton Vanderesh went down. He seemed yep. like he was the biggest key missing cog of that defense. And I'll say that every single time because I think he was the biggest key that was missing of the 2019 defense. And luckily, he's back for 2020. But I will say this. You said that even without the starters on the offensive line, Isaiah, that the offensive line is decent. Let me yeah. ask you this question. Is decent good enough to stand across and block Aaron Donald on Sunday. I don't it, it, think so. It, well, Aaron, Aaron Donald is uh, Aaron Donald's a not going to be but but Aaron Donald's not going to be on the end. Oh, you got right? number 70 Aaron, for Aaron, that. Yeah, Aaron Donald's going to be on the yeah. inside, right? So I mean, you're not and again, you know, I and I and I say this knowing cuz I I've, I've helped chip on on like Dwight Freeney when I was playing in New England, right? When we we had a problem at we thought we had a problem at left tackle and we needed to help Volmer. So I, I went in there and chipped Freeney, right? So I know that we can help as an offense. You can help offensive linemen on the edges, right? But so I'm not too concerned with that. So there's offensive lines like you think about like the Giants. The Giants didn't they didn't they didn't do too great last year, but they still got the ball off. They still toted that thing, right? Because they had talent in certain positions that that, that made up for their lack of, of talent on the offensive line. The Cowboys are they're not the line that they've had. But I think that's Dallas is spoiled. 
We've had an all pro offensive <laughs> line for a very long time. That's so true. all of a sudden, when all of a sudden one person goes down, we're like, oh no. Oh we no. Have, we, we don't have three all pros on the O line this year. But <laughs> most teams are lucky if you have one, right? So they are perfectly fine in the offensive line position. They're not where they want to be, but they are perfectly fine. As I'm continue to say, we cannot afford a linebacker to go down because it is going to be exposed substantially. I love it. I, I think I think it's a great uh, great way to say or great way to answer that question on both ends. I think the the biggest question mark outside of the secondary on the defense is the linebackers, and I would agree with you there. I think there's a there's an argument back and forth. But on the offensive side of the football, it's, it's definitely the offensive line to me. And I think without Lyle Collins, it's not nearly as stout as it has been in the past. And we'll have to see Agreed. how they stack up on Sunday at 7 o'clock against the Rams. Before we go to break, whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands, if you're lucky enough to cheer in the stands this season, with Essilor lenses, you'll see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts uh, with your local Essilor experts and find the perfect Essilor lens for you. See more, do more. Essilor sponsoring us this year. So when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, are the Cowboys the number one roster in the NFC, and will it lead to postseason success? We debate when we return here on DallasCowboys.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Back to Talking Cowboys. <laughs> we're having some fun during the break and just just to let you know and, and to peek behind the curtain we're going to have a good topic to talk about tomorrow uh, and that's the brilliance of having shows every single week you've got talking cowboys every day up until friday and yes. we lead you into rams week 
here at the Star in Frisco. We've got a fantastic topic for you tomorrow. Uh, barring any breaking news or something crazy happening, we'll bring it to you tomorrow at 9.30 every weekday morning. Kyle Yeomans, Heckma Harrison, Isaiah Stanback, and our Dallas Cowboys insider Rob Phillips joining in for one final segment. And guys, real quickly, Peter King had an article with a great Peter King where he touted the Dallas Cowboys as the number one roster in the NFC, which should translate to, to having some postseason run, right? To, to being in the NFC championship game, to maybe being in the Super Bowl if you have the top roster in the NFC. He says they have the top roster in the NFC. He's picking them to win the NFC East, but he also picks them to fall short in the playoffs. And I wanted to get y'all's opinion on that and, and what exactly are those expectations is that kind of the nationwide look at this team even with a new coaching staff HECMA that it, postseason success you have to see it to believe it you know a lot of people it's oh let me just say this it's easy to say the Cowboys are going to the best roster in the NFC but it just seems Disingenuous to say that we won't get to the I know. NFC I know. championship. What I does mean, it matter, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. You're you're right there. Is that a is that a compliment? I, I don't know. It's I'm, not a compliment. It's not a compliment, right? But I, I just feel as though when I look at this roster and the players that are on offense, there weren't a lot of changes, but I we have players that have multiple thousand yard seasons in Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, we with what we have with C.D. Lamb and what that's going to demand from defenses to pay attention to, it's easy to say that this offense is going to be on a roll. Defensively, I think that's where the rubber actually meets the road because we're going to have to get production from that front seven. We're going to have to get those sack strip fumbles and change the way that the tone and tempo of the game is played. Those are all those, and obviously getting turnovers. Those are the things that are going to change the season or change the, the environment here in Dallas because we know that the offense is going to be is going to be banging, but the defense is what we actually need to turn up. See, and I, one of the the craziest parts about this article, Heckma, is that the fact that Peter King's worries weren't necessarily solely on the defensive side of the football. He was worried about the execution of Dak Prescott, and he was worried that the Cowboys should have gone defense with the first round pick and not picked. C.D. Lamb, which, uh, of course, as everybody knows, I completely disagree with. C.D. Lamb was <laughs> the pick. That's c common sense in that regard. But, Rob, do you, do you kind of see where he's coming from, or is this just kind of out there from a Peter King's perspective? Well, no, I mean, I, I think you look at the Cowboys roster and say, yeah, they're one of the most talented because, I mean, how many mm -hmm. guys on this team are potentially future Hall of Famers? You know, if you just look at it from that standpoint, especially on the offensive side of the ball, they got a ton of talent. Um, it always comes down to depth, though. Mike McCarthy keeps saying that over and over and over again, that it took him 77 players to win the Super Bowl 10 years ago because he had, like, 15 guys on IR during the course of the year. So how deep are you? We just talked about that in the previous segment. Can they withstand certain injuries? That's going to be the question. And, you know, the other thing, maybe he's thinking, too, it's a new staff, it's new schemes, it's very little time to prepare. And maybe in year one it's going to be hard to put that all together even with the talent. And I think there is some merit to that. It, we've got to see it. You know, there's a lot of things we think about this team. But, you know, defensively, too, like Heckma said, a lot of talent. They want to be multiple. Uh, can they get all the communication down? 
when you're given a lot of different looks and things of that nature. So that, those are things you still got to be able to see on the field and, uh, and see how it all unfolds. Yeah, fellas. So, so to Peter King's point, Peter King, much respect. I respect the crap out of that man. Um, but on, on this point, it's gonna really our our, our deciding factors. Okay, on, on each side of the ball is really gonna come down to this. On the offensive side of the ball, it's gonna come down to bouncing back with this new regime, this new Cowboys team. How we respond to situational football, right? How do we handle ourselves? So to his point, you know, Dak Prescott, all these guys being able to communicate, but coming out of a Jason Garrett environment, now coming into a McCarthy environment, which to my understanding, these guys are a lot more intuitive in terms of situations. They're being walked through these situations and practices, two-minute drills. All these kind of things are going on on a lot more consistent basis. Will they be more prepared to handle themselves accordingly to not lose themselves games uh, going forward? So that's something that we have to wait to see. Um, And then on the defensive side of the ball, what's the culture going to be? Right? What's the culture of this team um, on that side of the ball? Is it going to be just very lethargic? Is it going to be high energy? What's the rotation going to be like on the D-line? I think if these guys have an amazing culture and a high-energy defense, that's going to be something that plays part, and these guys are going to go cohesively well together. Man, you got to see Coach Tom Sula, man. It's all high energy with this guy. So there's oh my no God. way <laughs> that this is going to be a low-energy defense. So that's the way that this whole thing gets turned around with that energy and just the rotation that we have at the D-line. I think that changes everything. Yeah. And, but let me – I'm getting off subject. I'm talking about things we're talking about tomorrow. <laughs> but, but, you know, man, we just have all the opportunity – all the opportunity is there uh, for us to, us to take strides and also go far uh, in the playoffs. But, Rob, like you said, it took 77 guys for Coach Mike McCarthy to win a, a Super Bowl. So we know even though we have our 53 set, it's going to be way more guys that are going to be in action to, make, to push us over the hill so that we can get to Tampa. Yeah, I think whenever you think about the energy and you think about the uptake that the defense could have, it's undoubtedly something that could push this team to the next level, but you got to see that execution, and we might have a chance to see that on Sunday against this Rams offense, which, by the way, we will be previewing tomorrow here on Talking Cowboys. Thursday, we'll take a look at the Rams' defense, and then on Friday, we'll, we'll really hit some of the key matchups and give you predictions as we're on every single weekday of the rest of the season. 9.30 here on Talking Cowboys. Be sure to join us. But that's it for us today. For Rob Phillips, for Heckma Harrison, for Isaiah Stanback, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long for now here on Talking Cowboys. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?